every day, every hour. We thank you, Lord. We bless you. We praise you. We magnify you. Thank you, Lord, for blessing us to see this day. For you've made it to rejoice and be glad in. You didn't make this as a day uh, for uh, disappointment, discouragement, for anything. You don't plan anything like that for us, Father. If it happens, though, you deliver us out of all trouble. So it is a rejoicing day. And we thank you for that, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen and praise God. Amen. Amen again. Praise God. So we had a good healing meeting yesterday. Amen. 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 Anytime when God's presence is in control is a good time. And uh, God has planned nothing but good times for us, y'all. So always understand that, you know, that um, the enemy plans trouble, but God has a counter plan. Amen. Always has a counter plan. And his plan wins. He's not nervous about anything. He's not anxious about what the devil's doing or, or you either. You understand? He's nervous about you. If he saved you, he has a good plan for you and he, he didn't make a mistake in creating you or saving you. So his plan is perfect. Amen. And it will work out. All we have to do is cooperate with it. Amen. Ours is a ministry of cooperation with God and a life of cooperating with God. Finding the will of God and staying in it. You know, not straying from it. So that makes it a simple life. It's not without challenges, but it is simple. So uh, we just remember that. You know, we remember that God will rescue us out of every difficulty and every trouble. And uh, he guarantees to do that. Amen. So we're going to talk today about violent wrestling. Violent wrestling. Um, We need to understand that uh, God's kingdom is one that's received through violence. Amen. And uh, we'll talk about why that is. But uh, there is a, a principle of having to struggle and overcome that must play into life. Period. Now, many people discover this in a carnal fashion. You know, some people just feel like the world is against them. They got to fight everybody. They're never at peace. And that's kind of a carnal thing. But we want to talk about spiritual wrestling and how God has intended for us to win every spiritual wrestling match. Uh, in First Timothy 6 and verse 12, this is a command. This is not, this was a letter to Timothy and to the church. So of course if the leader of the church is commanded to do these things, the followers are too. And so this is a good example of how this Christian life works. Now the devil has tried for many centuries to portray Christians in the way he wants us to think about ourselves. Uh, we are told that we are to be good people, and if somebody slaps us, we're to let them slap us again and keep slapping us until we so doped up and slap happy, we just, you know, gone to heaven. We beat up, but we gone to heaven, you know. Uh, and if we ever uh, stand up for ourselves or do something different, we get rebuked by the enemy, you know, you're a hatred person, you're a this or that or whatever. And so this, this, uh, even pictures of Jesus are always, he looks gaunt, like he hasn't had a meal, 
you know, many people who have been to heaven and have seen him say he nothing like what the pictures say. Uh, if you think about the fact that if he was a carpenter, they were also lumberjacks. You know, they didn't have a Home Depot in Jerusalem or Bethlehem where you could, and you know, a truck to deliver it to your house. You had to go down and cut the trees down and, you know, saw them and all that kind of stuff. And so they describe him as a man. He's not real tall. He's of average height, but he's very muscular and he's very, he looks very capable, amen, of taking care of himself and everybody else. You got me? And so these depictions of us can sometimes get us in a, they can train our minds to think about ourselves in a totally different light. Now the Bible tells us to be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. So we're not out here to harm anybody, but we are here to advance God's kingdom. And that takes a certain edge. Um, it, it implies that there's a certain edge in your life that is is um, capable of winning, you know, capable of overcoming, capable of doing mighty and great things uh, for God. So God is not our enemy. We need to understand that. So you're not wrestling God for anything because you wouldn't win anyway. So that's pretty stupid to even think like that. So we're not wrestling to get anything from God. But we are wrestling to possess that which God has freely given to us. So the things that we pursue and the things, the wrestling that that occurs with us is really wrestling from the hands of the enemy that which he has stolen, not just from God's people, but he steals from his own. You know, I know when I was a sinner, I wasn't rich. I worked hard and, and got very, very little in return. And so the devil is a thief and he's a very able and wily thief. And so that's where our wrestling must take place. So first Timothy 612 says, fight the good fight of faith, lay hold on eternal life. Whereunto you also are called. So you, you got a calling to fight. You're called to fight. Not people. Not people that are trying to love you or trying to help you. But you're called to fight the good fight of faith. So this lets you know it's a spiritual fight. Amen. He says, whereunto you are, are also called and have professed a good profession before many witnesses. Now you profess Christ, so you're going to have to wrestle to hold on to him. You're going to have to wrestle to obtain the things that God has ordained for you. Now that word fight really means to struggle. To contend with an adversary. So this is a real fight. To endeavor to accomplish something. So your accomplishment will entail fighting. You're not going to get anything that you're not able to fight for. That you won't have to fight for. Now what do we mean when we say fight? Well the Bible says the good fight of faith is what we we fight. And it says that we lay hold on eternal life. When, 
in wrestling, um, uh, when when you have uh, two two like you know you you think about the I'm not talking about this WW <laughs> them people they too pretty to really be fighting too. You see people that look that good they just, they work out in the gym they just there for pretty they ain't there to they really doing anything. But you see, if you can can imagine wrestlers in that little circle, like the in the academic wrestling, and how they lay hold on each other, and they're trying to pin that guy down. Um, help me out, Josh. How do they do that? I mean, when they have points like two wrestlers, they put them together in the ring, and they score points if they're able to get that person to where they can't respond or can't they immobilize them or they have what do they do a shoulder down for a certain length of time or both shoulders or something yeah right so they have a a system whereby they grade and and determine the winner and that's us because when you find the enemy stealing you're to lay hold on him just like a wrestler would and keep him pinned down until it's declared that you're the winner and you get your stuff and you move on in life. You got me? And when it says it's a good fight, that means that nobody's gonna penalize you for fighting back against the devil. Huh? But he might eat your breakfast, lunch, and dinner if he can convince you to let go. Huh? Um, if if I'm not mistaken, Josh, they don't allow much talking in these wrestling. You know, they don't let you. In other words, they don't let you talk the guy out of. You let the umpire decide that. See, they put you in there and they let you go for it. And the umpire is the one who keeps the rules. So if you're being hurt, you're not to let that guy know. The umpire can look at it and see if it's gone too far and if he needs to release his hold on you. Peace is your umpire. You just fight the devil until you feel better. That's what I always say. Amen. Anybody ever been like that? You have, you be, be restless in your spirit and you decide you're gonna pray in tongues. And then what you get to, you pray until you feel what we say a release in the spirit. Like you feel better. You say, mm, I done whooped him now. I don't, I can move on to something. <laughs> Keep it moving here. Huh? Cause we done took that from him and we done got that devil pinned down. So he can't move. Amen. That's what the power of binding is man what you allow is allowed what you don't allow is not allowed you call the shots in your warfare against him and so when god is is helping us to fight this good fight we have to understand that when it says good fight that means it please it pleases god when you do this if you don't do it it's not pleasing to god because this fight is a command. I mean, it's upon you anyway to fight this good fight. So he says, you're, you're called to this. You have already professed a good profession or you've given a good confession before many witnesses. He's talking specifically to Timothy. But many of us, us have done the same thing. 
We've confessed Christ in front of many witnesses. We've allowed the, the process of conversion to take place in our hearts. Admit it, I don't care how far or how not far you along you are in God, you're a lot better off than when you first started this journey. Amen. You, you understand some things. You have some peace about some things. You know you're going somewhere. You know the way that you should go. And so it says here to lay hold on eternal life. Amen. And so if we do that, then we are involved in a violent procedure. Violence refers to, um, uh, the word violent also means awe-inspiring. Who's at awe? The devil. It's called shock and awe. When the devil sees he used to push you around all the time. You know, whatever your life was before you met the Lord. He, you know, he could easily get you turned around, get you to waste your money, get you to do all kind of crazy things. When you start wrestling against him, that's shock and awe. Huh? Cause he shocked you in the, huh? What? I used to be able to make you jump through hoops and do everything I wanted you to do. Now you all. <laughs> I had a friend who had a uh, <clears throat> a uh, uh, um, pro-life clinic where she would uh, give women, it, she, advised, she advertised free pregnancy tests. And when they would come in and get the test, if the tests were positive, she would encourage them to keep the baby and not abort it. You know, she said, no, abortions are not available. We just said free pregnancy test. And she said there was a young woman in there one day that was a Muslim. And she told her that her boyfriend didn't want that these are Muslims with boyfriends. And he didn't want it and blah this and blah that. And uh, she told her, she said, well, let me introduce you to Jesus. Have you heard about Jesus? And she begins to minister to her. And the girl gets saved, you know, right there in her office. And she says, I'm going to keep this baby. I don't care. Because she said the boyfriend was violent, would beat her and stuff. And so she went home and told him no. And she said, if you want to leave, you can leave. But I'm not living this life. I've received Jesus. He said, what is this that you've had? He said, because usually you do everything I tell you to do. He said, but now you resist me. I want to know this God that you know. You got me? And so when you, when you lay hold on eternal life, the things that, that we desire from God, those are all categorized under eternal life. Then you will know that God is with you. He's with whatever you pursue that he's promised you. Then the devil is dead meat if he's trying to hold on to it. Amen. You just got to keep wrestling. Now that word wrestle, if you watch a wrestling match, you will notice that the the people who are at a disadvantage are waiting for the person. Say, for instance, the, the guy on top has the other guy pinned down. The guy who's pinned down is waiting for this guy to relax his grip on him so he can make a maneuver. And shift it in his favor. That's what the enemy does with us. See when you start. Losing ground. 
Any way he can get you to lose ground. That's why you see so many people whining about, well, I went to that church and they treated me like this. See, they've lost ground and don't even know it. See, they think their complaints are legitimate. God said, go to church. He said, don't forsake assembling your, he said, don't forsake it. In other words, there's no excuse for not going. Well, God, they don't treat me right. Go in there and sow some seed. Treat them right. This is how this kingdom works. It don't work with you sitting up there receiving all the time. It works by you giving first. You need, you should sow the first seed. The Bible says if a man wants friends, he has to show himself friendly. Nobody want to stick their, their hand in the alligator's mouth. Sister Gator and I showed up. Snapping every. (laughs) Oh, God. You don't even know how to hug that, or if you want it. Huh? So let's be real here, folks. God knows what He's doing. You know, people criticize the church. You know, I found more loving people in the church than I ever knew in the world. Man, you get out there with them sinners. Some are relentless. They, you on they, they, you know, your name rents space in their head 24-7. They're determined to get rid of you. See, I've been in situations like that. Sometimes people just don't like you. Grow up. Understand that. But that doesn't have to be the final word on anything. Amen? Amen. So he tells us the fight of faith is the only good fight. Now what is the fight of faith? It's every day spending your time with God and allowing God to build up confidence in him on the inside of you. So that when you go about your daily activities, you can expect good. People who are fighting the good fight of faith don't expect trouble. They expect success, expect good. So being successful at it means to have your expectation of good there all the time. Now you might have a a few doubts. You might have get into what you might say some gray areas where you don't, you're not sure if God's going to come through for you. It looks so bad, you know. And that's when you go to him for mercy. God, I know I didn't do <laughs> what did Hezekiah say. You can't kill me. <laughs> who, else gonna, who else gonna do such and such and such and so and so and so? Huh? It's just true. There are times when you go off the rails in your thinking. You know, you get, the devil gets you all wound up and whooped up and crazy acted. All kind of nonsense things. But God will always come through for you. He'll give you an answer of peace. Huh? I always call it the, uh, the Holy Ghost slap down. You know where he's boom, 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 slap some senses into you again. Uh, and then you say, oh, okay, I forgot. Sorry, God. You know, that kind of stuff. We need them sometimes. So even when you're not, all your confession ain't just like it's supposed to be and all your little ducks aren't in a row and, huh? You'd have messed up again and again and again. All that kind of stuff. 
he can still come through for you. Why? Because he said he'd never leave you or forsake you. When you're faithless, he's still faithful. He won't deny himself. You know, that means that he won't be found a liar. No? Just like, you know, if your child got lost and they got in a whole bunch of trouble, crimes and all this kind of stuff, and and people say, well, <laughs> we we hear this one belongs to you. You can't deny that your kid. You say, yeah, I ain't feeling the best about him right now, but he mine. Well, that's what God does with us. Only he's perfect in it. You know, that's a rough example, but, you know, he's perfect in it. He won't deny that you belong to him. He won't deny that he's promised you that he's going to take care of you no matter what. It says many are the afflictions of the righteous. That's self-imposed. Huh? Innocent afflictions, all kinds. He didn't say where they came from. But he said he delivers us out of all of them. That's the only thing you need to remember is that he promises you deliverance. So faith is our weapon. It's a good weapon. Faith in the word. So we are fighting to hold on to our faith. Not necessarily to acquire things. Hmm? Because everybody can start out believing God. But as time goes on and situations change and things come up. So really part of your wrestling is to hold on to your believing God. Sometimes you have to wrestle yourself out of negative thinking. Out of thinking it's all, it's too late, it's over. You know, God won't, all that kind of stuff. You have to keep your faith strong. You can't let it weaken over time. You know, which is what many people do. They just, you know, they, you know, you look back at all that you've been through in God and then you say, mm, I might be able to coast. <laughs> Remember Lester Summerall, I think, said that, famously said that to God one time. And God said, you're just not getting to be, he told him he was 80 years old. He said, I don't know how old you are. He said, you're just old enough where I can, where I can begin to trust you. Yeah. Huh? And so uh, this thing about faith and, you know, how to use it and all that, it should increase always because God's kingdom is increasing down here on earth and he needs people who can meet the faith challenge, keep their faith strong, even though it's times may be difficult, even though it might be. Uh, many, many problems, many, many years, or, or it seemed like it's, you know, it's over. Uh, you have to really keep your faith strong in God. I always tell people, have some faith projects that you're working on. Some things that you, um, that increase your ability to hear from God, increase your ability to trust God, increase your ability to know the leading of God. Always keep your faith out there and keep it strong. When Jesus asked the disciples, where is your faith? That's what he meant because they had put it away. And we're living in fear and living in the natural. So you don't want God to ask you where your faith is. You want to always have it in him. 
you know, even if you have to repeat it to yourself, God, I trust you. I believe you. I'm, I'm going through life with you by my side and I'm starting today. I'm, I'm trusting you more and more. So the word violent also means terrible, oppressor. So you're the devil's oppressor. It means strong. It means breaker, robber, murderer. It means wake or tremble and crush. So when you're spiritually violent, then you're able to crush, to cause to quake. See, the enemy's scared of you. You're not scared of him. Amen. Now he can try and make you afraid by lying. But all you have to do is stay established in truth and you will know. I remember, I remember years ago thinking that the minute I did something wrong, you know, God was mad at me and the devil could do anything he wanted to do. You know, your mind would just go haywire. And God had me start to meditate on first John. And, and if he, if, if you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive. Cause you know, the church is full of people that are sin inspectors. See, now if you get into a church where there's strong leadership and the pastor doesn't allow that kind of nonsense, makes people do the word and, and reconcile and live together and all that kind of stuff, you're not accustomed to that. But you go in some of these religious churches and, and you know, all, everybody eyeballs you up and down and they want to accuse you of being there for the wrong thing and, you know, and I can see now if that's where you're at, just run, you know, you just don't go back anymore. Because God has a better place for you. But you don't get mad at all church people because of one bad experience. Huh? Anybody here stop eating because you had some burnt food one time? You got more faith in McDonald's. Much as botulism and E. coli and stuff flying around there. Y'all keep rushing back in there. I didn't like my stuff. My fries was cold. And then you back in the drive through the next day. So don't give me this. You just don't go to church because people, yeah, 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 yeah. It's nonsense. Foolishness. Stop it. Amen. And show God some faith. If God told you this is his system and it's right for you, then, then you got to embrace it. We all have struggles with it. Amen. Nobody wants to trust their brother. But you trust God. Amen. That if you obey God and do the right thing, he'll work it out for you. Amen. I found some of the people who have the strongest partnership in prayer started out a little tough, a little adversarial. You understand what I'm saying? That's going to happen. We all wrapped up in, in weak flesh. Amen. We didn't do it perfectly all the time. But the fact of it is, you stayed with it, you let God help you through it, and you find out it's worth it. Huh? People are not throwaway people. Amen. You know, this get that out of your head. It's right people and wrong people. Amen. That's not right. We're all children of God. Amen. They may not be right for you, but that don't make it their fault. 
Sometimes it's nobody's fault. This ain't right for you. You know, everybody ain't for you. You know, it's... <laughs> people want to get married. You know, you want 15 and 20. I just want to get on dial a date and find me the right one. Because you know some of these brothers, they ain't right. <laughs> you know, you just focus on you be right. Huh? Right will attract right. There's no wrong people out here in the world. What's wrong with y'all? Huh? Yeah, you see people on Facebook. Stay away from these losers. I say, and such were we at one time. You know, they never identify with people that they're just like them. Sometimes people bug you because they too much like you. Huh? It's the truth. We all, a little bit country and a little bit rock and roll. We all a little bit human and a little bit divine. Amen. We just trying to be, stay more divine than we are human most time. Huh? We're all a little mixture. On our way to heaven, so we say. So let's act like it. Amen. So faith is our main weapon of warfare. Amen. We are fighting to hold on to our faith, not necessarily to acquire things. You want to hold on to your faith because you can look around and see where people have let it go. Look at all the people that have come through this ministry over the years. All the people who have started out in God, you know. Now, people tell me things like, well, uh, I just feel like God wants me to, to go and do it, and they never do it. See? They never do it. They go park somewhere and sit somewhere, you know. I could believe it if they were doing everything that was required in this place. But you can't put faith behind something that people, you know, if if you don't want to come to prayer and you don't want to pray with your prayer partner and you're going to go on to a ministry. God gives us promises. The Bible says he has given us such great and precious promises that by them we might be partakers of the divine nature. What that means is that your prayer won't get answered until a divine change is made on the inside of you. See, the promise is the bait. God's goal is to change you to be more like him. Now don't shout me down because I'm sounding real good here, but let me, let me put you in recollection. When you, when you say you face a financial emergency, you get nice to everybody. Oh, I forgive so-and-so. Yeah, I remember. I was there. I was in the Manson family. I forgive me, Lord. I was just, you know, I killed up all them people. Please forgive me. You confess to everything. Huh? Trying to get the record cleared up. Huh? I don't hate nobody. I love everybody. Go in the closet and get some of them things you swore you wasn't going to give away. And you start. Huh? That's divine nature. 
Now it may sound like schmoozing God, which it is to a degree. But he looks at it and says, boy, they ain't never been so tight about doing the right thing as they are now that they need something. So he promises you that he will give it to you so that you can be more like him because that's what it's going to take for you to get it. I'm going to say it again. See, it's going to take you being more like him for you to get something from God. Because your faith won't, you don't get faith without righteousness and you'll get righteousness without faith. So they're pretty much the same thing as far as God's concerned. All you're confessing is not going to get rid of the unforgiveness and the bitterness in your heart. So you're going to have to get that straightened out before righteousness really will be imputed to you. Huh? And stick. Now you can, you can feel good about yourself for a minute, but if you haven't really repented and confessed, it's going to come back up again as a problem. Because God is faithful. He wants you to be like Him no matter what. That's His most important goal. Because that's the missing ingredient in everybody's life. Is conforming to the image of His Son. That's the only reason, God. You know, if if it were just for getting you to heaven, you'd be gone already. But he wants you here because he's got to use a project. Huh? In the making. You're a continual project of heaven. And so he wants us to partake of his divine nature more than anything. He wants that for you more than he wants you rich. Huh? More than he wants you married, more than he wants you to have a good career, he wants you like him. There are some people who would rather live a simple life than to try and use their faith for a lot of ostentatious things because they just want to stay close to God. Huh? That's maturity. You know, this world's goods kind of pale in comparison to who Christ is in you and, and what companionship Lifelong companionship with him would be like. So we are to partake of God's divine nature. And part of that includes holding on to our faith and living by faith. The life of faith is a violent life. A spiritually violent life. Because we are bringing a force into the earth that the earth fights. And that is the power of God. So sometimes when people don't like you, it really is because of God's spirit in you. But if you believe that, there's enough of his spirit in you for you not to get upset with people and want to retaliate and start running your mouth and getting crazy with them. Now if it really is, That it's God's nature that they're responding to. There's enough of his nature in you to keep you in his nature even through the persecution. There's no excuse for people going off on people. Well, you know it's because I serve God. Okay. If you're being persecuted, there is a grace To help you get through the persecution and still be spiritual. There's an anointing in your prayer for you to get spiritually violent 
with the enemy who's trying to overtake you and throw him down. Huh? And quit playing with him. Hit him hard enough so he won't get up again. Huh? When we did our drive around the the church, you know, it's so we take authority over retaliation spirits, but that doesn't mean now listen, they're gonna try it anyway. You understand what I'm saying? But you're aware of what's going on. So when we got to the meeting that Saturday, I saw the forgetting devil has showed up. And I hate that one. Because I hate to forget anything myself, you know. Forgetting is is one part I don't really care. One part, I don't want to do it. And one part, oh, I should have made better plans. You got me? So check it out. If, if you don't want to do something, repent. Now that's number one. But if you know that about yourself, make better plans so you don't let the devil interfere you understand what i'm saying so with the smooth running of things so when we got there it's oh we don't have and i'm boiling no i'm on low simmer so i know this is it this is the test i'm on simmer i'm on simmer if somebody forgets something oh no you can't do that barb you gotta Stay with the program. Just see if we can get the temperature down. And then somebody else says, <laughs> then somebody comes in and wants to complain about the lunch. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? So, well, I don't think, well, I went off on one person, but this, <laughs> that was the last straw. I was holding it together on the low simmer, but they just tipped me. Over the edge, right, Chuck? Over the edge. They go over the edge sometimes. So I repented. I said, Lord, please forgive. I said, listen, brother, I'm sorry. I just didn't, you know what? But you can tell when the enemy's going to set you up so you're more careful. You don't go in loaded for bear and say, now, devil, I dare you to mess with me. Somebody come up, they're going to meet my six gun. You know, that kind of stuff. You lay hold of eternal. You lay hold of the character of God. You lay hold of, I know myself and I have to guard myself. You ever done that? It's a good thing to do. It's called self-control. It's fruit of the spirit. So it's one of those things where if, when, she, when you are wrestling against the enemy, and the Bible says we're not ignorant of his devices. You know what he's going to try. But you don't go bragging about it to people. Oh, the devil's giving us a hard time because we do this for God, not for God. Now, that's just stupid. I'm not talking about that. But I'm talking about watching as well as praying. Be watchful. Not tense and angry and nervous, but let your spiritual eyes be aware. 
that the enemy wants to get even with you for knocking him off of his place. So he's got to leave that building. Do you understand what I'm saying? And he don't like it. Huh? So he's going to try to get back in. I saw his little flyer up there in the elevator. You understand what I'm saying? He, you thought I was going, Barb, but look. He's history. He's toast. You got me? That's the last gasp of a dying devil. When you are bringing the power of God into the earth, the enemy knows he permanently loses his hold on what he's holding. You understand? That's why he fights hard. It's a permanent loss for him. if, If somebody is a thief, they live in constant fear of the authorities coming and arresting them. Huh? So, you know, they, they hide their stuff. It's never in plain view. They have a stash somewhere where they can keep it out of, out of the, uh, out of plain sight. You know, you have to search in order to get the goods on them. When Jesus would show up, the demons would cry out, Jesus, thou son of David, what are we to do? Are you gonna, are you gonna torment us before the time? See, they know their time is up. And they know that that they have limited grip on people once God's power shows up. And that's me and that's you. I don't care if you don't feel powerful. I don't care if you don't feel like you know what you're doing. I don't care if you don't feel like you know God well enough to be a threat to the devil. You're still a threat. How do I know that? The devil wanted to kill Jesus before he was born. So if you're dedicated to God, if you have a future in God, if you're called to be saved, the enemy, it's a threat to the enemy. Why? Because everybody has a potential of doing great things for God. Now, if you don't know what the devil does... So now you know it. And so he will thwart, try and thwart the plan of God. The only, the only way he wins is if you quit. If you quit the wrestle. If you loosen your grip on him and start to let him convince you that you're nothing, you're nobody, God won't use you, who do you think you are? I saw what you did last summer. Well, devil, check out what I did a few minutes ago. And God still loves me. He forgives me. He will never leave me or forsake me. Huh? The devil hates forgiveness. That's why he tries so hard to keep people bound up in hatred and unforgiveness over nothing. So your question is, do you allow things to remain the same? Or do you press in violently violently to oppose the enemy and take back what belongs to you through using the laws of God's kingdom? The Bible says in 2 Timothy 2.5, it says if anybody is striving for mastery, let me read that. 
It says, and if a man also strive for masteries, that's us. We're striving to master the fight of faith. You're, you're, you're really striving for something big. You don't just want to get what you want. You want kingdom results. In fact, even when you get what you want, there's a kingdom result there. Whether we obey God a lot or not. It, because you know in order to have peace in your conscience, you have to be a giver. So say for instance you're believing God for a, a job and you get a job. Well, you think that's just for you, but there's always kingdom responsibility attached to your money. If you want to keep that job, see this is where, this is where the immaturity comes in. You know, God will get us convinced either by fear or by love. It's better by love. Cause you're doing more consistently. But many people are givers because they're scared not to. I mean, that's sometimes where you start. And and a lot of our teachings have caused more fear than love out of people. But it's better by love. Anybody's ever been married knows love is better. Huh? You might start out in fear and, you know, well, I don't want to do this because he'd get mad. Or a husband saying, oh, she's no, she going she gonna to get on me if I mess with this. I ain't do that. See, that's fear. But it can grow into love. Huh? Now, listen, some of these brothers ain't going to really give up a whole lot if, come on now, girls and guys. <laughs> Cover your ears, Josh. You don't need this. It's it's too grown for the baby. (laughs) But you don't so need brothers. You got to let them know you mean it. (laughs) You ain't there for the scraps. What's left after he gets the aim won't be nothing if you know some of these brothers. They have you in debt. You start messing around like that. No, you keep a little edge on there. Is there booga booga? You know, a little bit of that. It's all in love and in fun. But see, that's why we have the Old Testament. Because it taught you the principles through fear. If you don't do this, the curse will fall on you. And it's in the Bible. And the Bible says that was a glorious uh, uh, installment to the people. There was glory on that old covenant. Why? Because at least it taught you right from wrong. That's what it was supposed to do. Not that you obeyed it perfectly, but you knew there was a penalty if you didn't do the right thing. That's all I'm saying, women's and men's. You know there's a penalty if you... You know, you don't ever do it, but they scared you, they scared you gone to. They don't cross the, go over the edge, cross the line over the edge. And then after a while, they say, I like doing this for her. Cause you got a tape recording you play every night when he goes to bed. You like doing this for me. It's subliminal, huh? But you know what I'm saying. After a while, love does kick in. 
Huh? Because you get that rough off of you. You get that selfishness off of you. I mean, am I strange? I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to tell you wrong. <laughs> but you know what I mean. You use what you can use. Because neither one of you knows what life is all about. And as you go through years, you start learning. Oh, this is what love is. He done done it so often. He like it now. Huh? <laughs> just helping. I'm just helping out. You know, so I'm a teacher. I do that. You know, it's my gift. Sorry. It's a gift. <laughs> but we are to strive lawfully. Which means you can't get mad at people, huh? And bogart them and take what you want. You gotta trust God to, to put it in the hands of the right person so that it comes to your life. And if it don't come, you don't fall out with God. Or if it comes slow, you don't fall out with God. So we're allowed to use only spiritual weapons in this warfare. And you've got to please God in order to do it. You can't use carnal weapons. God gets the glory and his kingdom manifests that way. So if we use God's word and it comes to pass, then he's glorified. Because people can look at it and say, boy, that I didn't think this person was going to get through this, but God prevailed. You understand what I'm saying? He prevailed. There will come a time. See, I've touched into some of this. I told you I had co-signed for some college loans for uh, somebody in the school. Whoever was holding the dope, the government sued me. And when it got the day before I was to go to court, the case was dropped. Almost $100,000. You understand what I'm saying? But see, I know that on my life is a forerunner's anointing to break through for other people. So I've been prophesying to people. I said, just hold on because the government is going to give you relief from those student loans at some point. Number one, they charge too much money. When the banks were in charge, the, the tuition was half what it is now. There's no reason tuition should be $80,000. I don't care where you go to school. Ivy League, Heavenly League, gold-plated gates. I don't care what it is. Nobody out there is teaching anything worth that much. You understand me? So there's a lot of fraud in this stuff. You know, people say, well, you signed for it. You signed for stuff you don't want to pay either. Anybody ever been overcharged? If you have bought a new car, you have been overcharged. I don't care what plan you got. A plan, Z plan, X, Y, F plan, alphabet plan, ADHD plan. I don't care what plan you got. You done been ripped off. Huh? Why? Because the people who have the, the, uh, Japanese and Chinese companies, they don't, you haven't paid, see, they get lower tariffs with their stuff coming in here. That's why yours costs so much. 
So when you buy an American-made car, you got to find somebody that used to work there and say, is he still alive? Is he got the A plan? You understand what I'm saying? You got a relative somewhere that's got one plan. Because you want the car because we make better cars. I don't care what you say about all that little tin stuff they make over there. So it's jacked up to begin with. Theirs are cheaper because you, they're getting you, it's coming in here duty free. And when we send ours over there, the tariff's so high you can't even get them over there anymore. So we got to bite over here and pay more for it. So don't tell me about for a fair was. That's why I was listening to God talking about the hidden treasures of darkness. And I was listening to Miss Wanna get her testimony. Remember she talked about her inheritance being held up over in Spain. And then people telling her stories. And I pray with her every week and I think to myself, is somebody lying somewhere? And this ain't, ain't nobody got this much power. It's always a different story. Oh, they've been on holiday. You know, when people in Europe go on holiday, they shut everything down. They don't care if you can. There's no emergency calls. They're just having a vacation. And this went on and on and on. And I told her, I said, why don't you just go ahead and make up your mind. You get to beat up the devil every day and make him let you. And no more praying, being nice, waiting. And I'll think, wait, you ain't waiting on God. This is the devil. You know what I'm saying? It's just the devil. And she did that. And she got her inheritance. And then comes a check in the mail. Where a bank she bought a car through ripped them off. So then, so then she got another check. They said it was a class action suit. It's still open. This may not be the last of your, I said, that's God talking to you. Keep expecting. Huh? So then last week she gets another level letter from the bank. Actually, this one's from the postal service telling her, that they have found some postal fraud and some mail she was was sent to her from this bank that defrauded her with the original application for the class action suit she never filled out you may have more money coming fill this out please See, turn Uncle Sam, give him, grab him by his ankles and shake him and make him give you your money back. Amen. Get him too. Get every devil that's responsible. But if you don't think the devil's stealing from you, we just can't see it. Until you get in God and he starts revealing these things to you, you'll never find it. See? Find this on your own. You don't get this from somebody, some lawyer calling you up and, you know, telling you, who is that poor man that, uh, Kennedy, Robert Kennedy Jr. You've seen that commercial? <laughs> he, it looked like he a case himself. He's suing somebody, getting money back about insecticide, you know, or something like that, where they're trying to sue people and all this. You don't need that. Don't go chasing all these fictitious lawsuits. But you you take authority over the devil. You violently wrestle from him everything that he's stolen. And I mean keep the pressure up. Because he's got everything. 
You got people, I know some of these sinners work hard for their money, but they are not entitled to it. Their wealth is laid up for us. So when God gets tired of them just ripping off everything, he'll turn it over to us if we have faith. Amen. So we are to violently wrestle, lay hold on eternal life. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Ephesians 6.12. But against principalities, powers, rulers of darkness. In fact, all levels of demonic activity. If you're scared of the devil, you got a prayer partner. Respect that. Pray with your prayer partner. Well, that got a rousing round of applause. See, if you want, now this is, that's if you want to stand on your own two feet. Now, if you want to go limping through life, just keep limping. But if you're faithful to God, He'll be faithful to you. Amen. You know, we need to grow up and quit blaming each other for the fact that we don't have confidence that God has given us partners to pray with. Cut that out. How are you going to beat the devil and you can't even believe God for a regular prayer time? You know, I know there are people who are hard to deal with sometimes, but you know, you, you stand your ground. You keep your prayer time. You understand what I'm saying? You keep believing God that that person will straighten up and they'll begin to pray. I'm serious. You know, people act like they, you know, where did all this weakness come from? Most of y'all have been here too long and play around too much with God. That's why you don't have any more than you do. You struggle so hard sometimes for nothing. If you just do what God expects you to do, simple things. You're not doing anything anyway on your phone, clicking people. Trying to get in trouble somewhere, texting this and texting that and going on Facebook and talking all this nonsense. Everybody on there trying to be important. (laughs) Seriously, we got the most important people on there. We got royalty on there. You got kings and queens and you know then you got the haters and the losers and geez, what what kind of place is this man you know I get on there after midnight try to put a little word on there sneak it on there where ain't nobody awake I wait till people go to bed we'll put something on there in the daytime and they well the, your bible tells us I don't want no bible lesson from you you don't even have your own picture on your profile. I got smart enough to learn how to look them up now. Yeah. <laughs> it was so funny. <laughs> it's been a few years ago. But there was some man on there who <laughs> made the mistake of saying women shouldn't preach. And I didn't even say anything. Polly, uh, Mom Polly got on there. Polly Ely. You better be quiet. I looked on your page and you got naked women on there. <laughs> How dare you confront a woman of God? She let her brother have it before I even got a chance to see it. I said, go, Father. Woo. So I said, oh, that's how you get them. You go on their page and see what, see what they doing. Half nude women on this is a woman of God. She speaks with God's authority. Yeah, let her know. Woo. She blasted him one side and down the other. So, hey. 
I didn't have to fight or lift a muscle. He he backed up off of there. He went and deleted his stuff and got on off of there. Amen. So we are spiritual weapons only. That's what I was talking about. Amen. But you can rebuke people. You have authority in God. You know, this woman, she's been serving God. Her dad was a pastor. So this this way of life is second nature to her. She knows a devil when she smells one. So praise God. Acts chapter 16. How much time do we have? We don't have to read any of this. I'll just go. About fighting a good fight of faith. You you see this example with the apostle Paul and Silas, <clears throat> his helper. And uh, we can get a lot from how to wrestle against principalities and powers. They were in a city called Philippi. And this was a Mediterranean city, probably more Roman and Greek than it was anything else. So Paul is, you know, when when people are persecuted, they run from one city to the next. And that's really how the gospel got spread by the early church. By persecution, they weren't comfortable where they were, couldn't stay where they were any longer. So they to go to the next place. They said, God, okay, it's too hot here. Where do we go next? So they wind up, it's a port city, Philippi is. So there are all kind of people coming and going there. But mostly they were given to, given over to idol worship. And so in idol worship, there, see, prophets are valued in certain cultures more than they are in Christianity. Now let me tell you why. In Christianity, we have the real word of God. So we're going to get fought anyway. And often by our own people. And so you expect that. But in places where, uh, gifts are, are, it takes, takes a lot of development to develop a gift to get it to that place. Cause God will use, put his word in anybody's mouth. It doesn't make you a prophet. But he can put his word in anybody that he chooses and can help out is to profit everybody. That's why he does it. But in certain, certain places, that word, that ability is more valuable because it's so hard to come by. Because the devil is stingy. And it takes a lot of devotion to him to get him to impart gifts to people. Got me? There are some cultures that are more given over to witchcraft and the dark arts and and conjuring and all that kind of stuff. The devil requires sacrifice when anybody is to do anything. Amen. Henry Groover relates a story about uh, President Obama's grandmother is a black witch over in Kenya. Yeah, and she she has been known to put spells out and send them over to American women. Yeah, she told him she this this uh, witch doctor that he converted told him he said, "Yeah, you watch." He said, I'll tell you when she does it. And she put a spell out for women to swoon when he would walk past them. And sure enough, they start. The newscasters, I get a thrill up my leg when he talks. You got me? Now, he's not anointed like we are. But there's counterfeit power that can be released. You understand what I'm saying? And so you gotta be careful, folks, 
who you fall in love with and why you fall in love with them. And you got to know that the end, we got to wrestle against this kind of stuff. You want God to use people. You don't want the devil's power to be on somebody who's over your government. So you got to bind this stuff up. That's why that witchcraft prayer is in that manual for 30 years and it ain't coming out. Because you don't know who's using what on whom. So anyway, Paul and Silas are in the, in Philippi. Known for idol worship. Acts chapter 16. They had just had a conversion of a very powerful woman in that city, Lydia. And they say she was a dealer in purple, which meant that she made clothing for royalty. Apparently, purple dye was very sought after because it was so rare and it was difficult to make. And so there were generations of people who were skilled like that. And so it was hard to come by that kind of skill. This lady had it. And her whole household got saved. And so she invited the, the, um, the apostle Paul and Silas to come and have a prayer meeting. So they were on their way to prayer and the devil sicks this girl on them. So, okay, so they've wrestled the devil and got Lydia and her household saved. The devil's mad, so he sends a false witness to walk behind them to see if they can pull Lydia and her family and her money back from God. So here's this little witchcraft girl, little junior witch. She's running behind Paul every day. And the Bible says that he just got grieved. He got sick of her. And he didn't take it out on her. He used spiritual weapons. This is the difference, folks. All's fair when you use spiritual weapons. Whatever God moves you to do, you do. So he told that demon to come out of her. He wasn't against her. He was against the devil. So the demon left her and she got around her owners and told them what happened and she couldn't conjure up any more information for them because apparently she was pretty gifted. And so you can sell false prophecies. You hear what I say? You can sell false ones. All these $50 prophecy lines and tis. They sound good too. They never tell you anything about anything that's a concern to you. It's always about what you go get. Money one day, gonna be me. Ooh, you got millionaire speed on you. I don't want him. I want billionaire. That ain't enough. <laughs> get out of here. Get thee behind me, Satan. I ask God for billions, not millions. Well, I mean, it's going to grow into, you know, it's growing. Into so, false things follow money. 
So Satan wants to stop them. So he begins irritating them. So this really is set up. But Paul does it anyway. Why? Because he trusts God. Paul knows he could get in trouble for what he's doing. But he does it anyway. you got to be ruthless like that. If you're going to win against the devil, you're going to have to step in and do some risky things that you know could get you in trouble. But you got to trust God to get you out. See, when they, when you hear that they're teaching, uh, they got transvestites teaching, uh, uh, stories to your children at the school, you gotta go up there and tell them people, that ain't for my child. Huh? Now they might persecute the kid, but you gotta risk it and go to the next level. See, that hurt everybody. That's what the devil wants to do. But you gotta know your God is bigger. They're getting persecuted anyway. They just don't say anything. Sometimes little kids tougher than you can, than you know they are. You understand what I'm saying? So he risked all the trouble that this brought them. So the devil has them arrested. When she, they find out she didn't have her gift anymore, they arrest Paul and Silas and they beat them. Now, Paul had been beaten many times. But I don't know about you, but pain is pain. You don't ever just go, oh, that don't hurt me. But sometimes you got to risk some momentary pain for eternal gain or long-term gain. Think what happens in a city when the chief witch is out of business. They had a revival in the Philippines when uh, Lester Summerall went over there in the 1940s. was either 30s or 40s. See, you see a lot of of, uh, uh, missionaries now in the Philippines, but that was a very deep, dark place at one time. And so Brother Summerall went over there. God sent him over there as an apostle, which means you just go. You don't have to get in. Our church wants to have you come over there. No, thank you. You understand what I'm saying? If you know that's not how God moves you, you don't move like that. You can rip and run everywhere just because people say they want you. So he goes over there. And he says he's praying and he the radio is on and he hears a woman screaming and it's on the news. And this woman is screaming because devils are biting her. Demons are she's been in jail. She has put curses on two people already and they drop dead. See, God doesn't do that to people. He's the God who makes alive. Amen. When we pray for people, he's not going to kill somebody because we don't like them. You understand what I'm saying? Our kingdom is beyond hatred. The kingdom of love. And so, so he decides that he says, God, somebody needs to help her. Well, that somebody was him. And he prayed and prayed all night, he says. And somehow he got to go to minister to her. I think somebody might have stuck a microphone in his face and he told him he wanted, he could pray for her and God would set her free. So they got a big crowd because they wanted to see him drop dead. Because she killed everybody else that tried to come near her. 
And he went in and prayed for her. That woman got set free. And that whole town flipped over for God. So see, just like it happens in the book of Acts, it can happen anywhere if God can get somebody to be obedient to him. And so Paul and Silas were doing the same thing. They were merely obeying God, taking authority over the devil, violently wrestling the powers of darkness so that God's will could be done. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be ye lifted up, ye everlasting doors, because the king of glory is coming in. And God doesn't just slink in and take a corner somewhere. All the gates of hell have to lift up their heads and let go of what they're holding for him. Roll out the red carpet for him because he is the king. We try too much to squeeze God in our little mind's corner. I don't want to cause no waves. Why not? Your God is the one who calms the oceans. That little wave in your little breakout room at your job. There ain't no wave anyway. So Paul wrestles her demon for several days. She followed him for many days. He began wrestling with that thing in the realm of the spirit. And when the day that he gained mastery over it, he cast it out. Sometimes you'll have to walk with grief on the inside of you about situations and continue to mold them and pray in the spirit. And mull them until God releases that into your hands so that you can dispose of it for him. You got me? We do it all the time. You look at stuff on the news and you say, now that don't look right. And then you see it again, it bugs you even more. So that's... Now, don't go making up excuses. Well, it'll be all right. Don't go there, okay? This is a spiritual battle. The devil don't need you to co-sign his mess. But you stay irritated and you stay prayerful about it until God gives you a release about what to do about it. If he doesn't give you anything, don't make anything up. But don't say it's okay too. It's wrong, it's wrong. So Paul wrestles with that for several days, cast her, casts it out and advances God's kingdom. That was a violent act. The devil retaliates, throws the two of them in jail. They get beaten first. So the devil has them pinned down in jail. What are we going to do? Paul? Huh? Johnny Cochran is dead. Huh? I used to have that lawyer. Lawyer, what is it? Minor. Remember Norman Minor? Yeah. Every all the, All the black people... With thug kids, new lawyer minor, he was up on 105th in the Call Post building, the 105th in Chester, up there where University Circle, yeah, and Floyd Oliver was his partner, that was, that's the guy who found, I tell you, my husband spent the night in jail, he and his little buddy, this was when they were teenagers, he and his little buddy were out cruising or something, the police picked him up. His buddy talked himself out of the, the trouble, but he let Aubrey go to jail for, and never told anybody he was in there. His father was a doctor, and you didn't tell Doc Shoemake you did nothing wrong, because them boys got it. I mean, he blasted them coming and going. When he died, he left each one of them $5 only. 
tough daddy made you work for everything. That's what parents did back in the day. But he he said when he the morning came, he said, I'm telling you, I didn't go to that bathroom all night. I was in I was in bad shape. I was not gonna go he said, I wasn't gonna touch nothing in there. He said, and I looked up in the morning, he said, Floyd looked at me, he said, N word, what you doing in here? Huh? Come on, get so Floyd signed the papers, bailed him out. Yeah, yeah, I know him. Come on, we can get on out of here. And that's how he got out of jail. Amen. Now Paul and Silas were in a deeper jail than that. They were lomo under the jail. Amen. No lawyer to call, nobody to get them out, but they know God. See, you don't need to know people when you know God. Amen. So in knowing God, they decided they would contact him personally. So they began to worship him. That's how you always get him. Ah, Before you go hit the devil with anything, you go worship God. You hear me? And make sure you make contact with the living God. And so he they decide that they're going to worship God and just continue with what they were doing before they were interrupted. See, what the devil wants to do is derail your plan. What the Bible say, they were on their way to prayer and this girl starts cutting up. Next thing you know, they in jail, in prison, getting beaten with many stripes. So when they get finished... With the magistrates and all that, they don't lick their wounds and wail and cry and weep. They contact God. God, we got in here obeying you. If you didn't get in there for obeying him, repent and call him anyway. He wants to hear from you at that point. And so God then hears them and he sends power there to establish his kingdom. I don't care what you go through, what God sends to rescue you is always greater than what the devil did to you. So he has to do something to show the devil and the devil's people that he's got more power than they do. So how dare you hinder a servant of mine? How dare you beat a servant of mine? How dare you do anything to a servant of mine? I'll show you who's God. And see, many times we don't wait and expect God to show people these things. That's why we quit so easy. That's why we cry and moan. That's why it takes so long to get delivered sometimes because we're constantly flipping back over and we quit wrestling against the devil and loosen our grip on him. Every time you give in to the flesh, you loosen your grip on the devil. But honey, you can get it back. You can definitely get it back. Because God wants us to be free people. He wants us to also to work for him and advance his kingdom. You can't just go through life getting what you want when you want it. Paying God a little money and thinking you've made some progress. You're going to have to put it all out there at some point to show God that you sincerely care about him. Amen. Why don't we stop? Father, we thank you for your word and for understanding. Thank you, Lord, that your mercy is everlasting. Thank you, Lord, that we know what we're fighting for. We're not beating the air. We're fighting a real enemy. 
We're not pretending to be in warfare. Not talking about things like that. But we are engaging a real enemy in a battle that's already won. But we got to use our faith in order to get what we desire. So we thank you, Lord, for the freedom to use our faith. The freedom to be what you have called us to be. And the freedom to get our victory every single time. No such thing as losing. You make it all work together for our good. So we are thankful for that, Father. In Jesus' name, amen and praise God. If anybody needs prayer, come on up and I'll pray for you. Praise God.